0: Welcome back.
1: So, what is our podcast called again?
0: Something to Drink About.
1: Something to Drink About.
0: So, I am Alex Van Amberg. I am a certified sommelier with the Court of Master Sommeliers. I also hold a certification of specialist of wine with the Society of Wine Educators, and I work for Young's Market Company as a wine sales rep. Okay. And you?
1: Yay. My name is Christy Collins. I teach yoga. I am a... Failed actress. No.
0: (laughs) Anybody who spends 10 years in L.A. and gets out alive is a win.
1: Well, I still get residuals. Let's be real. It's more than
0: someone else in this room
1: gets. (laughs) I mean, those checks when they come in. Seven cents? Oh. No, what was the one we actually deposited?
0: 75 cents.
1: Yeah, come on. That's what the paper was printed on. It's like when you can get a big, huge gumball for 75 (laughs) cents.
0: So, welcome to Something to Drink About. I'm Alex Van Hambrick. I'm a certified sommelier with the Court of Master Sommeliers. I am a uh, special certified specialist of wine with the Society you of Wine did say this? I did, but... Really? You, you're you doing re- it again? Like, but
1: this, this is what's funny. Okay. <laughs> no, you can't do that whole thing again. My eyes are glazing over. Nice. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm an actress.
1: No, I'm a... F- From Los Angeles. I'm a failed actor.
0: My skin
1: wasn't thick enough. Anyway.
0: (laughs) And what do you do with that?
1: (laughs) So we oh, did I said my name and you said your name and Mm -hmm. we said the title of the podcast. Mm Because we're professionals. So professional. In our pod studio. Pod
0: studio in the basement.
1: Okay, so I'm holding this glass of wine.
0: Yes, and I'm not supposed to tell you anything about it until you taste it. It's a big fat
1: glass, but not super fat glass. Are we
0: talking about the glass or what's in the glass? The glass. The glass itself? It's a big red glass, yes. It's like
1: a medium red glass, but not one of those big fat ones. Like a tall, big red glass. Okay. Would
0: this be an appropriate point to babble on about different (laughs) styles of glass and who makes them? You could do that. Is this a Riedel? This is not... These are not oh. Riedel's. These are... Um, these oh, Riedel's. Riedel. Riedel-like needle. Um, no, we are actually drinking out of a couple of different glasses. So, they are... But they're definitely red glasses by the shape of the bowl. Uh, they're larger, wider... Uh, and they taper towards the top in sort of a teardrop shape.
1: And they're wider so you can put your schnoz right in there.
0: Right, so you can play is that with that it. right? Because, well, it, it has a curvature to it. So a wider base, so you get a larger surface area for the wine, which allows the, 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 the esters and everything to boil off the surface. What's an esters? Uh, well, there's there's technical terms for what it is, but esters is essentially is what happens when an alcohol captures... Uh, aroma molecules scent molecules and carry them upwards and so it becomes an ester uh at that point so it like
1: floats up in the air with this antique name of ester
0: right and or technical name of ester i guess no but... so i see
1: these these little ladies with like bulbs. no not the name
0: Esther. <laughs> <It's not> Esther.
1: <laughs> no Esther, like you know from the 30s and she has little curly bobs maybe some pink curls right
0: that's the and then she's after. just floating
1: up the glass. Do you see that?
0: I can't believe this is all you've had to drink so far. This is a, a bad sign. We've got like another 20 minutes to get through in this thing, and we're already off on the on okay, little old ladies just... from the 1930s. <laughs> So anyway, yes, you have red wine in a glass. Okay. <laughs> and the reason that the, there's a wide curve to the glass is it's got a wide, uh, what they call it, a shallow bowl, so you can actually get um, a wide surface area of the wine, so it exposes more of it to air, so it can trade those aromas. Oh. And then the, the the glass, the lip of it curves in and becomes narrower at the top, because it causes those aromas and, and esters and, and alcohols to waft up, and ester climbs up the side of the glass, and then she falls back in. <laughs> is ah! what happens
1: does she, it's, okay so she also not only does she have pink girls but she has on like one of those really cool bathing suits with like the boy shorts right when women I'm getting
0: like, more and more comfortable okay. with <laughs> drinking wine <laughs> she's now she's
1: diving back into the wine <laughs> so the esters go back es- so
0: the esters fall back into the bowl
1: they do
0: <laughs> they dive because back they're, in but that's it's like idea. a pinup
1: girl right okay sure okay
0: what are they call the swimmers? The the synchronized swimmers. Oh, uh, there's yeah. a word for that. So that's what we have going. On. We have synchronized swimmers, all named Esther, that are are climbing up the side of the bowl and diving back in, yes! frothing this aroma in the bowl, which is why you stick your schnoz in the bowl <laughs> okay. because you take deep breaths and smell what Esther's up to, which is weird. But that's the whole idea behind having a big red <laughs> it's glass.
1: A little weird.
0: Well, you started it. So the the whole premise here is that. By capturing those aromas, by exposing the surface, it allows the wine to breathe. It allows it to activate. And then, because with wine drinking, it's not so much about taste. You can taste five to seven things. They used to think for 100 years or so that it was all you could taste, but really you have a lot more ability to taste. But it's in, intricately interwoven with your ability to smell. And you can smell literally millions of things. You oh, have the ability to smell in such a vast array. Um, well we're trained to look at things right you know Mm -hmm. we're trained to look at things so you can look at something and go oh that is salmon or that is a raspberry you can distinguish between different degrees of color with a distinct um, vocabulary a distinct sense of what it is and you can communicate that to people but with smell we don't have that with smell, we don't have the vocabulary. With taste, we don't have the vocabulary uh, in the same way. That's why it seems so tricky when wine tasters tell you all these different things exist. Because for the most part, when we taste something, we go, oh, that's wet, and it has alcohol, and it's sweet. But you don't know how to get into those little intricacies of what you're actually like tasting. Like
1: wet cement.
0: Wet cement, or... The w-
1: smell the of wet
0: cement. as they call it. Um, <laughs> But that's that's the thing is that is that that's what the trained wine taster does is he begins to identify she begins to identify what all those millions of different colors that they're smelling are mm-hmm. and they put words to it that's the whole trick and so by curving the bowl you give yourself a chance to actually capture those aromas concentrate them so you can pick them up and tell what they are the esters. so what do you smell Esther doing in the glass
1: Esther smells really good
0: <laughs> there's a lot going on with this glass you're absolutely right so
1: so first of all Esther's bathing suit is really a beautiful color it's like this deep red blackberry red almost mm-hmm. a black honestly it's almost a black with the top part of the wine glass like where the wine is where the wine stops
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay so the top part of the liquid has like um
0: they call it the rim an
1: accent c- oh that's a, called the rim the
0: rim the out in the edge there where you actually see the okay. color transition yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, because it's an actually a different color. It's like an accent color on her bathing suit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, like a lighter, like a pink cherry color.
0: Well, because the wine gets thinner as it gets towards the edge at the at, at that meniscus. It is, it is, so at the edge, okay, the, I'm it sorry, it's the meniscus.
1: Could you say? Can I say that word without lisping? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> meniscus.
0: No, that is. You couldn't say it without twenty
1: five years. <laughs> of diction training right there Well done Meniscus Meniscus Okay meniscus
0: So the meniscus <laughs> Actually you see a color change happen there And it gets more uh, the, the, the edge color changes more aggressively And it gives you an idea of the age of the wine This you don't see much of a color change towards the edge It stays pretty much consistently the same color towards the edge all the way out. If you look down, like put a piece of white paper behind your wine and look through it. The color is consistent all the way to the edge. Yes, at the edge it does become a little watery looking at where it Mm -hmm. absolutely thins out. But this is a young wine because there's no color change. Because earlier we talked about oxidation. And oxygen changes the color of the wine so it'll become brickish towards the edge it'll change colors on a red wine okay um but this is very young the color is very thorough all the way through it is but
1: on the rim there's a there's a different color because it's thinner because it's thinner yeah you can see
0: through it more easily okay so that's why you tip your glass at 45 degrees away from you to get an idea what the core is compared to the edges and you can see the consistency of color all the way across it's really pretty it's just pretty. darker in the middle because there's more it looks like
1: there. a garnet remember the well, okay your mom probably didn't take you to jewelry stores and look at garnets and then not buy them for you but mine did
0: okay I can't say that was a thing no <laughs>
1: So there are these stones called garnets, and they're like this really deep red. They look exactly like that. And they are a little bit lighter on the edges because they're thinner.
0: Well, garnet is actually an official descriptive term color-wise for certain wines, and it's usually reserved for wines of a lighter style or a lighter color. This actually is much more purple. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the colors, there's a lot more purple. Uh, Except
1: well, on the edge. Even
0: a hint of perhaps blue-black to it. Yeah, totally um, blue-black. And that is, that, that is, it's a it's a wine-tasting trick. That color leads you in a certain direction because certain go- oh. grapes have different color pigmentation that comes from the skins.
1: Which way are we going?
0: Well, that's for you to find out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you told me not to talk about the wine, so
1: I'm just going <laughs> off what you said.
0: So, okay, so what are you smelling? Let's okay. talk about that. We see that okay. we have color, we have smell.
1: Okay, like I said, Esther smells really good. Mm-hmm. She does not smell like a seedy not bar, kidding.
0: little old lady like, smell. You was... know when you
1: open up the bar in the morning after a rough night and you're you're trying to set it up.
0: We're really learning a lot about your personal history here.
1: <laughs> well, I was an actor, so I was a bartender. So what do you smell? I smell. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I do smell alcohol. Right. But it's a. It's a low buzz smell. Mm-hmm. Well, it's know. an
0: alcoholic beverage. You're almost always going to smell alcohol. Right. <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those initial things you have to accept and dismiss because you're going to get that. It's sort of like smelling grape. Too. Okay. Grape, you're almost always going to so smell it. So I'm bypassing that smell. So you're going to accept that and notice that it's there. And if it's super intense or if it's way too much, that becomes a flaw. But if you smell alcohol, it's no, more it's of a... No, it's not
1: intense. It's That's why I called it a low buzz. Yeah. Okay, so what I smell is... We we didn't talk about legs.
0: Okay. You we didn't
1: we had to just have to go to Esther's legs for one minute uh-huh. because Because she has some thin legs. Uh-huh. Right, but they're long and drippy. So when you swirl it, you're supposed to look at the legs. Is that gonna tell me anything on this one?
0: That's another one of those things that's really subject to judgment. So legs on a wine are almost as meaningless as smelling a cork. Yes, okay. it can tell you something, but it's a really broad stroke, and it doesn't narrow the field of focus for you at all so why so when you
1: swirl it's not to look at the legs it's more to oxid, it's it's more to bring more oxygen to it is that
0: yes it's to, okay. it's to open it up it's to change it it's to warm it up, make it more room temperature. um there are going to be legs there, and if something has really thick, heavy slow moving legs, it usually indicates a higher alcohol or a higher sugar content. But those are both things you're going to get from tasting the wine. So Got it. Um, whether or not it stains the glass may tell you something as far as intensity of pigmentation. Mm-hmm. But those things are all clues you're going to get further along the line um, in your tasting. For the average person who doesn't waste all their time sticking their noses in glass and comparing it to other noses and glasses, um, the legs of a wine aren't really a meaningful indication of anything. Okay. Not for not for your layman.
1: So here's what I smell.
0: So Estra has nice legs, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't well, make they're her skinny. It doesn't make her a better person. She it doesn't, doesn't make her
1: have my thighs.
0: Again, a lot of information okay. coming out here. <laughs> okay. So
1: what I'm smelling is is like cooked blackberries. Okay. Not fresh blackberries, which is really different to me.
0: Well, and that's the distinction that you, you learn to make is that it's not enough to say there's blackberries here. A lot of times you want to talk about what type of fruit you're getting. Yes, there is going to be blueberries, blackberries, peaches, a- oranges. But what kind of orange? What kind mm-hmm. of apple? If you're drinking a Chardonnay and you say, I smell apple, well, no frickin' duh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Chardonnay <laughs> smells like. It smells like a wealth of apples. But is it a Gravestine? apple is it a fiji you know is it or a fuji or whatever those things are is it, is it is it you know granny smith they all you can you can taste the difference when you name the types
1: when you say granny smith the sides of my cheeks start watering yeah
0: no it's almost instant and that's mm-hmm. a very different type of apple than a red delicious so that's why you want that specificity when you name a fruit so when you say it smells like a cooked blackberry that's very different than a fresh young blackberry
1: Okay, so I also smell pepper and like spicy. Mm-hmm. I smell. I, it's like yummy and spicy. Makes me want to really drink it.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I mean, that's that's the whole job of the the aroma is to get you to put it in your face.
1: And it smells like I'm going to have a good night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it smells inviting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, inviting.
0: Perhaps. perhaps. <laughs>
1: What do you smell? Pardon? Well, or do you know what you're supposed to smell?
0: I, my or opinion we... is informed, and I know what I'm getting, but I'm interested in what because I don't okay. want to, like, smell informs your taste.
1: So we'll go after we'll go so for what.
0: What's really interesting is, is what you do. You taste what you smell, or is it taste different than what you smell?
1: I just tasted it because I couldn't. Go ahead. I just had to.
0: That's fine. No, okay. I'm not telling you not to. I'm just, I...
1: Well, I know, but I thought I was gonna have this big reveal of tasting it. Okay, it's really smooth. It's really good, and it doesn't get you. Like, the ones that I like, you know, when I just want to have a good glass of wine. Porch Pounders? Okay. I was thinking more of, like, my roots in wine at the Fox Fire in L.A., you know? Little CD bar, give me a red. Red or white?
0: Screw cap, let's go to him.
1: Yeah, okay. So this doesn't get you in the back of your tongue. It's, like, nice and smooth. And I really like it. It's smooth and sl- it's lighter than i would have thought it would be mm-hmm. because of the color it looks like it would be like super intense and that like distilled grapey deep flavor with a lot of the the dirt the dirt what's that dirt taste forest uh,
0: floor terroir terroir, soil, terroir. terroir. Soil.
1: you would think it would have a lot of terroir but it doesn't it doesn't taste
0: well terroir actually means more tasting the place than oh. tasting the dirt, it, it's one of those. It doesn't
1: really, taste like dirt.
0: Yeah, well, and there's different. I mean, if you're tasting like a burgundy, a lot of times there'll be actually a potting soil taste to the wine, like the, the smell and the aroma. will mm-hmm. or you get barnyard smells.
1: No, this is light and happy, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say it's a rose. Like it doesn't taste like a rose, but it's it has some of those qualities of a rose, which I love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's. Delicious.
0: It's a fun wine and I super mean, drinkable. Very. I mean, this is this is a young red. Uh, it is um, and it, it is it is it is dark and deep in the glass. It looks a little overwhelming, but it doesn't stain the glass, which means it, all the intensity of color isn't an intensity of of uh, of. Of uh, particulate matter in there, mm-hmm. it's got great color extraction, but it's not full of of sediment. It's not full of grit. It's not full of of, of a lot of that sort of long molecular chains that are really going to you know carry a lot of tannins, sugars, and, and tannins combined together to make. What's staining. a
1: tannin? I'm sorry, I have just glazed over. <laughs> tannins are. I literally glazed over. Did you see it? Uh, yeah, I just started thinking about my friend in LA. I like lipsticks. She was supposed to call me today. And she didn't
0: call me. Well, tannins okay. are, are the grippy part. They're like if you if you uh, if you have over extracted black tea and you know it dries your mouth out and makes you pucker. Uh, those, yes. yeah. That's that's it. That's what it, I'm
1: saying, that grippy yeah, taste. That grippy, on that yeah, it sucks
0: all the moisture bathtub. out of your face. Yes, Ugh. Yeah. Well what happens when you do that, what tannins do is they actually break down your saliva. They cause the molecules in your saliva to, to split apart and disappear. So your mouth literally dries out. Oh. Because your saliva, which is greasing the works in your mouth, breaks up breaks down and dissipates. So that's what tannins do. That's why your mouth dries out and feels like a, a used sponge. And the more tannins there are, Ew. the worse it gets. I'm just saying.
1: Esther's not happy with a used sponge. No, though. Esther would
0: not be. <laughs> <Okay>. um, so <laughs> Reveal the Wine Sure, This yes. is a, a 2016 Substance uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, part of Charles Smith's Cave vintner's Wines of Substance line. So uh, Charles Smith is a Washington winemaker.
1: You got to talk about what he looks like, okay? Because he's like kind of a rock star.
0: Well, and that's that's really he, he kind of comes from being a rock star background. He was a band producer. Oh, uh, I didn't know that in Germany. <laughs> yeah, no, he, really, he, he produced bands in Germany. He was he he worked with uh, producing bands and he found himself back in the states? Gosh, twenty years ago now. And he, when he came to Washington, which is where his roots are from, he looked around and he wait felt, was he
1: born here and then became a band manager in Germany or?
0: I, I'm not sure if he went to college here And then okay. ended up in Germany But he he, he returned to Washington And I, I heard it was a return okay. And when he came back um, The Washington wine movement was really starting to take off And he looked around at what Washington did well And Washington's relatively new to the wine world And so the idea of what our soils And what our weather and what our environment can produce Hasn't been really discovered yet Could be anything mm-hmm. but we, We're hot, we're dry in certain places We're wet, we're cold in other places Different grapes grow better in others He thought Syrah was the way to go and so he basically took his rock star promotion ability and went to the bank and said, I wanna start a vineyard, I wanna start a winery, here's a wine I made in my basement, uh and I'm gonna call it K Vineyards, uh and uh because it's gonna be about Syrah, so yes, literally the wines are called K Syrah's. Um
1: <laughs> Like K's you sing it I'm not going to sing it Sarah, Everyone can hear it in their head better Sarah, yeah. Sarah. So that's the... Whatever will be and Will be Pause Okay <laughs> So literally I was not in musical theater The wine
0: Anyway um, so, so he started Cave Vintners uh, To create Washington world class Syrahs And as he went along He discovered that In order to Create world class wines You need something else To pay the bills and so Charles Smith created some introductory tier wines that had very dynamic names, like Velvet Devil Merlot, and mm. Boom Boom Syrah, and Eve Chardonnay, and then one of his master strokes was Kung Fu Girl Riesling. Um,
1: okay, I have to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Were he and Gary Vee uh, friends?
0: I don't know Gary Vee.
1: Gary chat? Vaynerch- I have no idea. He's a marketing master, and he's really into wine.
0: I don't think Gary had anything to do with uh, Charles Smith's rise to success. Um, Charles Smith actually knew someone in, I think it was Norway, uh, who was a graphic designer that he used back then. And that's the only graphic designer he uses now. And together they came up with this concept of black and white labeling. Every label is black and white. That is it. He doesn't use any color. um, So it's all very dynamic, very bold, very strong graphic print. Different K's on different labels signify different things, um, so they're designed differently. But on his Kung Fu Girl Riesling, it's a picture of a of Kung a Fu Kung, girl. Kung Fu girl. Well, he was watching well, yeah, um, Kill Bill. Okay. And he fell in love with the Lucy Liu character, and he, right. he was telling his graphic designers, "Like, look, I've, I'll I give me this name, uh-huh. make me a label, I'll make the wine for it." I love uh, that
1: Lucy Lou
0: was that inspiration.
1: Was his inspiration.
0: Well, and so these wines took off. I, I first encountered them when I was back in Seattle at the at the Taste Restaurant, the Seattle Art Museum, because we used Velvet Devil as a glass pour for catering events, and it was easy to dismiss those wines because the labels were almost cartoony, mm. but the wines were excellent
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh and they were really inexpensive and so those did really well for him i mean they they paved the way for the rest of his business and so he's kind of recently reworked everything so his k Vintner line is kind of his high end tier um, where he does grenache and syrah and more syrah and then some more syrah but he now has a substance line and the substance line is supposed to be all his bordeaux varietals mm. things like you know cabernet so is what is on.
1: bordeaux what's the difference that's a different. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, if you go to France, is that a different grape?
0: No, it's, it's a different place. Okay. And so, different, in France, different places have different grapes that they do really well, and they have rules about what they can plant there. So, in Bordeaux, which is on the Atlantic coast, you can only plant seven types of grapes. Okay. And that's got to be Cabernet. It's got to be Merlot. It's got to be Cab Franc. It's got to be Malbec. Okay. So with those seven grapes, those became known as Bordeaux-style grapes, because that's all you can grow in Bordeaux, and Bordeaux set the standard for the world for the last 200 years. But you go over to Rhone, um, in the Rhone Valley, on the other side of France, and they plant Syrah. So... Rhone varietals are like Syrah, Viognier, and Grenache, and blah, blah, blah. Okay. They have certain things they grow there. If it's Burgundian, up in Burgundy, despite okay. what we did in this California. Maybe too much. No, well, it's Pinot Noir. <laughs> it's, okay. So that's, that's Pinot Noir. So if you someone's saying, oh, I'd like a Burgundian wine, what they're asking for is a Pinot Noir. Because that's all they do. Okay. Well, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. But that's that's it. Right. So different areas grow different things. And because they do those different things solely, that became the name of that set of grapes so his bordeaux style grapes his Sauvignon blanc his cabernet his merlot his bordeaux styles are all in the substance line oh that's a great name like he's a great marketer absolutely that's one of his real skills and And he
1: he he, the face of him like you didn't really describe uh, what he looks like
0: no he he looks kind of like um like a surprised labradoodle um, you know, he wears blue jeans, black T-shirts almost constantly. <laughs> his he has white hair that is is it it, it looks like a an electric perm. It does, um, and and it's it's cut like just above shoulder length, and it just kind of screams out from his head, and it's really dynamic looking, and you can recognize his outline from a mile away. He always wears sunglasses. I mean, he's a rock star producer, right? And he's a rock star winemaker, and he understands that people need that. To feel confident about buying something. They need to be able to identify him, his product, and his wines. So yes, he's black and white himself.
1: Right. And he just, I don't know, he just does it well. He does that whole, this is who I am, and this is what my wine is. Would you turn the wine Mm -hmm. bottle towards me? Okay. And this one is, it just has this big C and an S on it for Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's just Well, this is
0: based off the idea of the chemistry
1: Oh yeah. If you think
0: of yeah, if you think of the the, the elemental chart, right? Yeah. The, so seventh this,
1: grade only time I saw it,
0: and it really pops on the shelf. You can see it from a mile away, mm-hmm. um, and the, so the the marketing, however, is great, but the wine has to back it up.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's with anything, right? You can market it really well, but if it doesn't have, if there's no art to it, then it's not good. But this is this is good. This it's is I, I have to say this is one of my favorites. All right, so this is. Charles Smith CS. He calls it CS or Cabernet Sauvignon? Cab-
0: this, that's for Cabernet Sauvignon. This is Substance Wine.
1: Substance Wine, okay.
0: 2016 Substance Wine from Washington State. So it's a Washington Appellated Wine, which means it comes out of Washington. Okay. Um, and it actually uh, did really well score wise, and it's very inexpensive. So this wine, it was released recently. Um, despite it being 2018, this was aged for a year mm-hmm. in barrels. Um, before it was um, decanted and bottled and then sold. So it was harvested late in 2016, so in the fall of 2016. It spent about two months probably going through its winemaking process before being stuck in barrels and left to rest for another year. So we're talking now October of 2017 before they actually start taking it out of barrels and putting it into bottles, which means that they finally can start selling it in early 2018. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you're lucky, mid-2018.
1: And why?
0: Because wine, red wine in particular, needs time to relax and age and interact with oak barrels. Oak does amazing things to wine. And this it, Oh, so
1: they're in oak barrels.
0: This spent a year in oak barrels. Oh. Um, so this was 50% so, new oak, which is brand new fresh barrels. Is
1: that that super spicy thing that I smell then?
0: I mean, what oak does and what oak gives to red wine is usually maybe depending on the on how cooked the barrels are, which changes the barrel, um, we'll give it... Cooked barrel, come on. We'll go into that in a minute. It gives it baking spices or um, it it smells like cinnamon nutmeg. Yeah. Um, Like Christmas time. Um, That's what you get from an oak barrel. Uh, Vanilla. Um, Yeah. Depending on where the barrel comes from, different smells. See,
1: now that you're telling me this, I can smell it.
0: Well, and that's where the barrel comes into action on this one. Plus, a little bit of oxygen exchange helps the wine settle down. The skins and grapes were all sitting together with the juice for a month. Okay. While it fermented, which means it got a lot of color extracted. Was kind of it's a very interesting wine. You would think if it spent that much time sitting on its grapes that it would be even <laughs> more um, smacky in the face tannic, and it's not. It's really well balanced. Mm-hmm.
1: It's so good. And as a matter of fact, Esther doesn't have enough uh, wine to I dive know, swimming into. Pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she needs <That's,
0: laughs> Esther needs a bigger swimming pool. That well, swimming pool seems to be draining. <laughs> she it's, needs more way.
1: depth. Thank you.
0: Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, so this wine actually got really well reviewed. It got like 92 points from. Blah de blah and 94 from blah de blah.
1: Okay. And
0: it it got into the top 100 of Best Buys because it's an under $20 bottle. So Best Buy wines are usually under $20. Okay. So that's how you know you're getting a value wine because you can spend a lot of money on wine. And these, you know, to get a bottle like this for under $20 is a real value because this drinks much more expensively.
1: It tastes like one of the wines that we would get from a dinner that you talk at and I'll sneak into. Does that make sense? Yes. Did, could I, just, I feel like now I'm, I've had my glass of wine, so I'm fumbling my <laughs> words.
0: So, dragging you back on point. So, we were talking about Charles Smith. We're talking about him as a winemaker. We're talking about his wine. Uh, we're talking about this is a Washington wine. It comes from four different vineyards in Washington. Uh, and it is really well-priced, and it's delicious.
1: It's so good. I want to drink the whole bottle right now. All right. So, what else do we need to... Um... Finish up with on this (laughs) is my nose red and my cheeks are a little pink.
0: You're a little paranoid about this. You're fine.
1: No no I feel like I'm a little tipsy. It is so yummy though that I wanna just keep drinking the whole thing. But I think you might wanna take my glass. I don't know. What do you think?
0: I think this has been some thing to drink about. (laughs) With Christy Collins.
1: And Alex Van Amberg.
0: Certified sommelier of the Court of Master Sommeliers. Okay, I
1: have to say that. Oh. Certified sommelier with a master court. But of you sommeliers. said it wrong. Did I?
0: Yeah, it's sommelier, not sommelelele.
1: I didn't say Sommelelay.
0: <laughs> All right. I you said Sommelelay. Sommelelay. Let's wrap it up, baby. <laughs> <it here. laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> so anyway, the wine we were trying tonight was a 2016 Substance Cabernet Sauvignon from Washington. Goes for about $15 to $17 by Charles Smith. This is a highly pointed wine. Uh, it's a top 100. It's an awesome bottle of juice.
1: Go get some. Go get some.